My name is Alvin. Uh, for those of you who are here for the first time, welcome my service. Lead pastor here at Nashville Life. So honored that you're here with us this morning. Um, well, I guess afternoon now. But um, it's been a great day. We are at three services. This is our second week doing three services, and it's cool seeing who's coming to what. This 1145 group is looking nice. I'm so glad you're here. Last week uh, was a big week for us. We had Easter Sunday. Um, you have all Nashville Life's 11 years. Last Sunday was the most people we had ever had at our church, so it's great to still be breaking records and seeing growth and I have so much to thank uh, you all for doing that. So much of the people that come are because you're inviting them. You're living a life that's a good example. That's people people are wanting to come to church and ch check church out that you come to. And I just want to honor Nashville Life for, for being uh, God's people and showing his love to where people are wanting to come to hear the word because of your life and because of your invite. So thank you. Um, we are in a series called Legacy, but before we do, I would like for everyone to repeat these words after me before we get into the Word of God, before we get into Scripture. Um, say, the Word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Okay, so legacy is something that is passed on for someone else to have or to experience. And I believe that we all, no matter if you are married or not, if you have kids or not, if you are in your 20s, if you're in your 60s, I think all of us should be conscious of the legacy that we are leaving for somebody else. Um, I believe that we are all called to pass something on to the next person um, behind us, whether that's a child, whether that's um, a mentee, whether that's a student, um, whether that's just someone who's influenced by you. They might not even be younger than you, but they might be someone that's following your influence. I think we all need to be aware of that, especially if you're a Christian. If you identify as a Christian and, and follow Jesus, then legacy is a life for you. Um, we started this series two weeks ago with our Founders Sunday where we honored our founding pastors and we had talked about how they have really left a legacy or are leaving, I should say, a legacy through this church, Nashville Life. I believe because of this ministry that they have decided to start, there's going to be generations of people who know about Jesus because of what they said yes to. So we honored them last week. For Easter, we talked about how Jesus is leaving a legacy, or he left a legacy, I should say, of life through death. Life through death is the legacy that Jesus has, has given us. He's given us a chance to obtain a quality of life that can only be obtained through death. Um, death to self, death, death to your will, death to your sin, obviously, um, and picking up this cross, this cross, which is a figurative term for 
the the sufferings that come in your life because of your decision to follow Jesus. I don't know if you guys know this, but your obedience to Christ will cause uh, specific sufferings to your life. And when those sufferings come, it's important that we see this as our cross to bear and something that we endure because according to Jesus, through this death will come the greatest life that anybody could ever imagine. Um, so we are in week three today. We're going to talk about inheritance. Um, this is the title of the message is The Son's Inheritance. The Son's Inheritance. And before I talk about um, the inheritance uh, for the message, I want to kind of talk about the genetic kind of natural inheritance that we have as human beings. All of us inherit uh, traits of our parents, our family, whether it's eye color or height or talent or temperament. And we, we all inherit these things. Um, and it's funny, I was talking to last service every once in a while, Jasmine and I will kind of just imagine and ask ourselves, I wonder what our daughter is going to get from you and from me. And, you know, there's no way of knowing, but it's fun to just imagine, like, will she talk like me or will she have your eyes or will she have my eyes, you know, whatever. And uh, it's, it's just fun. Uh, I, I can speak for pretty much any child, whether it's ours or anybody else, um, when you inherit the traits of your parents, uh, you inherit some good things, and then you inherit some, some bad things. And the reason why I can say that in full confidence is because that's humanity. Humanity is, we've got good things about us, we've got some bad. And unfortunately, without Jesus, those bad traits really seem to weigh us down and can overtake our lives. In fact, they do without, save, without salvation. The bad qualities, the bad traits begin to dominate our lives. And um, we see this in Romans 5, chapter 12. It's a, it's a good answer to the question of why this is the case. Romans 5, 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. So when Adam sinned, uh, the Bible tells us that death spread to every person that came from him, which is you, and it's me, and it's everybody. Um, but that's the inheritance that we get, you know, genetically, you know, through our, our forefathers and in, in, in the natural. But there's another inheritance that a lot of people don't know about. And just in case there's people who don't know about it today, I want you to leave here knowing about the son's inheritance. Um, the son's inheritance is a specific inheritance that belongs to a specific son, which is why I have a capital S on the screen. It's not just any son. It's the son of God. Now, before I talk about the father-son relationship that God has with uh, Christ, um, I feel the need to let us know that we are not the originators of father-son relationships. The, the human experiences of seeing fathers and sons, uh, that didn't start with us, actually. And it's, it's funny sometimes when you think you're experiencing the original, but you really are experiencing the replica of the original. 
uh, I was thinking of music and how so much in pop music these days are, is either a, a remake of an old song or a sample of an old song that existed 40, 50 years ago. And there's nothing, <laughs> I shouldn't say there's nothing more frustrating. There are things more frustrating. But it is uh, interesting when you encounter maybe a younger person. I'm at the age now where I'm, I've, I'll talk to someone and they will refer to the cover version as if it's the original. So much to when they hear the original, I've even heard people say that that person got that from, like, Earth, Wind, and Fire got that from Drake. It's like, how, how can you, do you know what you're talking about? No, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, Diana Ross got that from Puff Daddy. It's like, no, it's the other way around, my friend. And, you know, you just... The ignorance and the, the arrogance of it all can really get under uh, your skin, but it's funny. It's funny. But I think we really need to understand this because I think human beings do that with our lives. Um, we forget that we are not the origin of our story or even of our, our, our identity. We were made in God's image. We, the image of God was there first, and he made us as a replica or as a reflection we're the sampled version of the image of God. And so much of the Christian faith is stepping into that knowledge of shedding the ignorance and the arrogance of thinking that we originated anything <laughs> and that we created ourselves as opposed to we're creation and we are a product of, of God. And, and everything that we're experiencing here um, was uh, a reflection or a replica of what was already in the heavenlies. Before there was an earthly father, there was God the Father. Before there was an earthly son, there was the son and the spirit. And there's this inheritance that, that the son inherits the life and the will of the father. And then there's the Holy Spirit that really completes this family bond that, that we know as God. God is father, he is son. He's Holy Spirit, and, and, and the relationships that we see on earth is but a reflection and a replica of what was already established in the Spirit. Um, the family of God. Um, three parts are in the, uh, the family of God. There's the Father, there's the Son, and there's the Holy Spirit. And human beings, all of us, we have been invited into God's family. And that's the good news I want to share with you. Everyone here has been invited into God's family. But there's a specific door that God has opened for you and I to join in the family of God. And that is through the sun, the sun role, the sun space, the door, uh, the door, the Lord created a door in the sonship of, of him. And through the sun, we can be in God's family. So the way into God's family is through his son. His son is the door for you and I through faith by the spirit and grace of God to enter into the family of God. And when we do this, we find ourselves in the son, which is why so much of our life you hear that prepositional phrase, you know, through Christ or in Christ or by Christ or, you know, there's, there's always this context to our lives now in the sonship that is God, or that is Christ. Um, when, when Christ came to earth, he was, he was named Jesus. Jesus was the manifested uh, person of the Son. And he came and he, and, he, and he shed his blood for our sins. 
and he died on the cross and, and the veil was torn to where there was no longer uh, a division or a barrier between sinful man and a holy God. And when we enter through the son, we are reconciled with God and through Christ, God becomes our father too. Through Christ, God becomes our father too. And not just father, but we call him Abba Father, which means he really becomes like not like a secondhand distant father, but he becomes um, dad to us. And this is all done by faith. It's all done in the spirit. And when we live our lives in Christ, we really begin to share the life of the son. We take on the entire, Jesus says everything that the father has given to him, he gives to us. He lets us in because he was the only son. He was the only child. And, and anyone who calls him father, it's because the son has created more space in his, his role for us to experience the life of the Son as well. So we become like him when we get inside of Christ. When we, when we find ourselves in Christ, we take on his entire life. We, we eat what he eats. We, we sit where he sits. We, we, we get his room. Jesus even says that now he's preparing more rooms for us because he was the only son but now that all of us are in him, he's creating more rooms currently right now. He says he's making many mansions for us to live in his space, in his son quarters. We all get to share it with him. We get his privileges. We get to come boldly to the throne of God and, and ask what we will and, and receive him and interact with him with the same level of closeness and intimacy and peace that Jesus experiences. We get his responsibilities. We get his chores. We, we have to represent God the Father on earth and, and bring people to the Father just like his role was and point people to the Father and, 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 and die to ourselves like he did and, 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 and sacrifice and, and obey and go through all that we go through so that people can be saved and so people can be liberated. We take on his responsibilities. We even get his power. We get the Son's power. Jesus says that he gives us the Holy Spirit so we can have the power to do what he did. I'm telling you, like, when we get in the sun, we are in the sun. We get his personality. He shares the fruit of the spirit. We get his peace, his temperament, his kindness. We become patient like him. We actually are in him. We even get our own cross. He's so generous. He lets us have our own cross. We share with him. We become in sync with him. We even get a rugged cross to carry. Just our own. That's, that's how much we are with him. We even take on his relationships. The people that are his family. Jesus said pretty boldly, my family are those who do the will of the Father. So when you are in Christ, his family members become your family members. Hence the body of Christ. That's why you start calling people brothers and sisters. You're like, I didn't know you. But since I'm in Christ, I take on the family of Jesus. And even the ones that hate Jesus now become people that hate you. <laughs> so you even take on the ones that don't like him. He says you're going to find people, you're going to inherit family in Christ, but you're also going to inherit enemies now. But Jesus says it's okay. It's, it's me that they don't like, but since you're in me, they don't like you too. Um, and that's what he said. Um, we take on his relationship with the Holy Spirit. We inherit his relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit gets to help us in our times of weakness. Like the Holy Spirit empowered Jesus when he was in his flesh and when he was dealing with the pains of humanity. The Holy Spirit helped him. We inherit his relationship with God the Father, which is my favorite. We get to talk to God as Abba. We get to have the same intimate, close relationship because we are in the Son. This is the Son's inheritance that everybody is welcome to if you choose. I'm going to read 1 Peter chapter 1, 14 through 19. 1 Peter chapter 1, 14 through 19. It says, since it is written, this is Peter talking, since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So our adoption, the, the way that we were able to join the family of God by choice is because a payment was made, and that payment was the blood of Christ. And Peter makes it clear that we understand that the payment was not made with currency that can perish or even diminish in value. Human currency, dep depending on what's happening in the world, it can go up and down. There's inflation, there's recessions, world events, uh, wars, uh, political situations, all these things can affect the value of the dollar. And Peter wanted us to understand that the blood of Jesus is not like that. It's not subjected to world events. It's not subjected to inflations or re recessions. It's not subjected to anything. So that means the same value, the same weight that the blood of Jesus had the time that it was shed from Jesus's body it still has the same value today it still is just as valuable just as potent just as high in value so so this is something that we can be secure in knowing that we weren't paid with a price that you know depending on who gets elected is no longer like valuable anymore right so so the good news of the gospel is we have been purchased by the imperishable payment of the blood of Christ and because of that, we can call God Father. We can be welcomed into this incredible inheritance of just all of the glory, all of the joy that you can imagine. But Peter tells us to do something that is uh, that's interesting. In verse 17, he says, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Okay, like you tell me this incredible life I have now of holiness, and then you say conducted in fear. How does, how does that work? Um, through Christ, you can live the life of the Son. You inherit immeasurable riches, immeasurable qualities and gifts and benefits. I'm just going to name a few. You get abundance, more than enough. Your cup runs over in Christ. You get wisdom. You get truth. 
you get righteousness. You get purity, supernatural purity. No matter what you've done in the past, he gives you purity. You get provision. You get meekness. You get to learn how to live a life of meekness. You get humility. You get goodness. You get faithfulness. You get self-control. All of this you inherit in the Son. You get peace. You get kindness. You, you receive mercy, and you learn how to give mercy because that's your inheritance. The Son is merciful, so everyone in the Son becomes merciful. You um, receive devotion. You learn how to be devoted and hold out and finish strong. You, you become sacrificial. You learn how to be a person of sacrifice. You, you have integrity. You inherit strength. You inherit royalty. You actually become royalty, a royal priest. You get his love. You inherit the love of God, the perfect love that makes fear run away. Like you get perfect love. And it drives out all the fear that you had before. I mean, this is the son's inheritance. And the one I want to highlight that Peter highlights is you get holiness. You shall be holy, the word says, for I am holy. Since the son is holy and you are in the son, you become holy. But Peter said yet again, I'm going to bring it up one more time. He says, conduct yourselves with fear. If you're wanting to know what he means by that, I'm going to help you. Basically, your role in God's family must always remain on purpose. Fear is the same regard as fear of, fear of the Lord. It's, it's an awareness. There's an awareness. There's a care that is needed for living the life in the sun while you're still here on earth. There's an there's a awareness. There's a intentionality there's an intention that is required that is very different than our lives before Christ let me explain what we inherit genetically from mom and dad does not require intention or purpose or even effort I don't have to try to look like my dad. I don't have to try to have his mannerisms. In fact, it's the times where I'm trying the least that someone always, that was just like your dad. Oh man, that looks like your dad. And some of you guys can relate to, you're just eating chips, chilling out, not even trying to do anything, and you make a smirk, and then that person goes, you look just like your mom when you did that. Like, we, a lot of us have experienced that. It's always the times where we're not even trying. We're like, well, what did I do? Because genetic inheritance doesn't require effort. It doesn't require intention. All you have to have is the DNA of your mom and dad and then the traits just come. You laugh like them or you do this like them or you scratch your ear like them, whatever. All the these random things about them, you don't have to try. So what Peter is letting us know is you are in a new family and you have a new father and he, call, and he is your father and you have this incredible inheritance. But he says conduct yourselves with fear because inheriting the genes and the trait of your new father is not going to be with the same mindless effortlessness that inheriting the genes of your natural father is. Peter wanted to make sure that we don't go, oh, God's my father now, so I'm just going to accidentally act like him now. No one has the testimony of you were just minding your business and you just happened to do something that was just like God. When you do things like God as a Christian, it's because you were trying. 
you try to do it because this is something that it does not come naturally for us. We have not naturally inherited the ways of God. It's something that has to be acquired through a middle person, through the blood of Jesus, through yielding to the Holy Spirit, and by faith. What we inherit from our natural families does not require faith nor intention. Like I said, it's usually the times we're trying the least that we end up doing something that was just like mom or just like dad. But this is not the case with our spiritual family. We were adopted into God's family through the blood of Jesus. There's an adoption that happened. The Bible calls it the spirit of adoption. And when you become a son of God, when you are are born again in the sonship of God, there's a holiness that you're called to, but it must be done on purpose. Another word for on purpose in this context is by faith. It's got to be by faith. It's got to be by faith. It's got to be on purpose. Otherwise, it just won't happen. To be holy like our Father, to be holy like the Son that we are now in, requires a lot of things. One is mercy, faith, wisdom, effort, hope. Obedience, persistence, prayer, fasting, studying, teaching, training, correction, conditioning, and a whole lot more. These are the things that have to be a part of a person's life if we're going to walk in the inheritance of the Son. If we're going to inherit the traits of our new Father in heaven, it's going to take great more intention than any of your genetic traits have to uh, or require. Peter is both telling us the joy of our inheritance, and it's a great joy, but he's also telling us the conditions of our inheritance. It's got to be obtained by faith in Jesus, which is very different than the way that we inherit traits from our forefathers. I was trying to think of a way to bring this home about the difference and how when we're used to something one way and the new way that we have to do it in Christ. And I was reading and went to Matthew chapter 14, which is funny enough, is another story about Peter. The last passage I read was written by Peter. And this was a passage before Peter was the, you know, great saint that we know that wrote this incredible letter but this is when he was earlier in his walk with Jesus and the Lord was showing him some new things, uh, very new things, quite literally. They were in the boat and they saw Peter walking, I mean, they saw Jesus walking towards them on water. And you can imagine this was an odd thing to see, even scary. They thought he was a ghost, um, rightfully so, because people just don't do that. <laughs> um, and this is how Peter responded when he saw Jesus walking on water. Matthew 14, 28 through 31. It says, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. He walked on the water and came to Jesus. 
But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? I read this passage and I end with this passage because before this moment, y'all, Peter never needed faith to walk. Because walking on land, nature takes care of it. The laws of gravity and solid ground that land provides, nature can, is, a, is support enough for a personal walk. You don't have to be a faith-filled person to walk on land. But Jesus introduced Peter to a walk that required faith. Peter had never needed faith to walk, but this was a new walk that Jesus was introducing to him and all the other disciples, and he's introducing it to some of us today, that there is another walk that requires faith, a walk that has to be done on purpose, a walk that has to have intention, a walk that can't be supported by nature alone. A walk like no other step that Peter had ever taken before. I believe that just like Jesus showed Peter a new way of walking that required faith, I believe he's introducing us to something very similar. We're used to our families, our natural families, where we inherit the genetics and we inherit their ways simply because of nature and the laws of biology. But Jesus is introducing us to a family that requires faith. And this is a very different kind of family. It's a family that you're not just gonna cruise into like you do with genetics and the natural. This is a family that has to be obtained and received and enjoyed and experienced through faith, through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's awkward for us. It's different from us. For us, we're still learning how to do it because of what we're used to. We never had to have faith and prayer and fasting to be like our natural fathers. Like I said, we don't even have to try to be like them. And now we are sons of God through Christ. And it takes so much intention. It takes so much faith. It takes hope. It takes persistence. It takes prayer. And much like Peter when we, when we lose sight of our faith and when we get afraid, Peter sunk. And I've seen that happen in my own life. I have this life that faith built, that my faith in Christ built. I have this relationship with Abba Father. God is my dad now. I have um, this partnership with Jesus. He's my friend. He's my Lord. He's my co-laborer. I have the Holy Spirit that I talk to all the time. I've got these brothers and sisters in the faith that I never knew before. I never probably would have been friends with them. But now, because of Jesus, they're my brothers and my sisters, and I spend all my time with them. Like, I have this new life that faith has afforded me. And whenever I lose faith for whatever reason, like Peter sank, I begin to sink. And my connection to Abba Father now starts to feel distant. 
And, and the Holy Spirit, who I used to welcome and hear, I now shun. And it's a strange voice. And people that were my friends are now strangers or even worse, enemies. And that's all because my faith left. And I lost the lens of faith. And, and I sunk. And a lot of you guys have experienced that seeking before. You, you were walking on water. You were walking by faith. You, you were relating to God through faith. You saw yourself through the eyes of faith. And maybe something happened in your life or a situation came. And, and like Peter, you got afraid. And that faith left. Or you lost it or you let go of it and you sank. You started to dip. But the goodness of Jesus is just like with Peter. Whenever we sink, his hand is right there. His hand is right there, and he is willing to pull us right back in the space that we were in, in the headspace, and in, in the in the focus, and the the spirit of faith to where all, then then we're restored, and we oh, God becomes dad again. He be, he goes from being distant judge to dad again. Jesus goes from being an offense to, to a friend again. The saints of God go from being, for a second they were looking like strangers, and now, oh my gosh, you're right, you are my family. Oh, that was close. I'm not alone. The rich, vibrant, uh, fruitful garden that you were in when you lost faith, it start, that garden started looking like a desert with, with dry shrubs and no fruit. And all of a sudden, Jesus pulls you back and you're in faith again. And you see, through, oh, I'm back in the land of abundance. That's how real it is. Like physically standing here, through the eyes of faith, my world can change in an instant. Some of you guys have experienced it. You've been in faith and life just seems so sweet and the awareness of God's glory is all around you and you just sense his miracles and you sense his presence and then something breaks your faith and that same world that you saw gets swapped out for this horror movie. And we find ourselves like, Peter, you were, you were doing it. I was walking on water and then, boom, I sunk. Jesus, Jesus knows how to pull us all back up. So today, there's two things going on here. Either you've never stepped into the family of God. You've never so chosen to have faith in Jesus. So you don't know God as Father yet. You've yet to call him something. You've never experienced him as Abba Father. You've never sensed that connection with God. And I'm so glad you're here. I believe there is appeal from God to you right now. And then there's others who, like Peter, you, you walked on water. You, you, you've been in faith. But something happened. I don't know what. I don't know how, but your, your focus shifted to something else. And you've experienced a bit of a sinking in your walk, in your relationship with God, in your connection to the sun space that Jesus has welcomed you into. And he's extending his hand out to you like he did to Peter. And he says, if you grab my hand, I can pull you back, back into faith, back into the spirit of adoption, back into the awareness of my love for you and the inheritance that my son made possible for you. 
I want everybody here, including me, to experience the son's inheritance. It's here. It's available. The veil has been torn. The price has been paid. It is yours for the taking. But as good as that news is, and it's still good, I have to include the words that Peter said. You've got to conduct your life in the sun with a sense of fear. Not scare and terror, but awareness, purpose, intention, knowing that as long as my eyes are on Jesus, I will experience the abundance. But just like Peter, if my focus changes and I, I choose to swap my faith with something else, I love how John Bevere said, John Bevere said, the fear of the Lord is not being scared of God, it's being scared to be away from God. <laughs> and that's, 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 that's the fear of the Lord. Understanding, that's what, that's what Peter said. Peter said, enjoy the inheritance, but don't forget that it came at a price. Don't forget that you were adopted. Don't forget that this is not something that you can just ease back in the way that you can ease back into your genetic inheritance. This is a different story. This is a different way. It's a good way, but it must be according to faith. You must see God and see your relationship with him by faith. Faith in his son. Faith in the price that was paid for you. Faith in the, the Holy Spirit that the Lord has provided for you to, to walk in the fullness of the son's inheritance. And that's my prayer for us. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask for the Holy Spirit to do a work. Holy Spirit, we ask you in the name of Jesus for you to reveal to each person how this word applies to their life. Lord, they might be the story of the person who's yet to know you as Abba, Father. They believe that you exist, but they've just never had that level of uh, that father-son connection that you have with Jesus. There's people here that have yet to know that, and I believe well, my prayer, Holy Spirit, is that you let them know that they are invited and that they are welcome to come through the door of Jesus and experience life in, in the Son to experience sonship with all the inheritance, the full inheritance, all of it. Lord, let them choose to come in the door, to enter through faith in Christ and become part of the son of the living God, to be in Christ and experience sonship with you. Father, and then my other prayers for those who have experienced it, have tasted it, life by faith in the Son, life by faith in Christ. And something happened, Lord, that took their eyes off you. And it's like the life got sucked out of them. And before they knew it, they were sinking some have been sinking, some, of, some people out here have been sinking for a day, some have been sinking for a couple of months. Lord, remind them of the story of Peter that your hand immediately came out to pull Peter back to safety. 
Lord, if someone needs to take your hand to get back to safety, to get back in faith, to get back in covenant relationship with you, back in the life of your spirit, Lord, let them sense your hand and let them take it and be brought back into faith in the greatest love that this world will ever know, and that's the love of you, God. That's your Father's love. The Father's love. We need it, and thanks to Jesus, God, we have it. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being so gracious, for being so true. Bring us into the Son's inheritance. Let us experience the fullness of life in Christ. Open our eyes. For those of us who, like Peter, had little faith, God, increase our faith. You told Peter that he had little faith. I believe you're saying the same thing to some of us. Lord, let us not be condemned or feel rejected or get prideful, God, but let us understand that you're telling us that because you want us to have greater faith. And you're the one who can help us. So, God, I ask on behalf of this whole room, make our faith what it could be. Help us take our faith to a higher level. Make it less of a struggle for us to receive you as Abba, Father. Make it less of a struggle to see ourselves as partners and friends in the kingdom of God. Make it less of a struggle for us to believe that there are people who love us with the love of God. Help us, God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask us all to stand. We're closing today. I trust that the Holy Spirit is doing things that only he can do that I can't do, that you can't even do. <laughs> My prayer is that the Holy Spirit is doing that. Um, but we've got some people here that need to connect with God as Father. Some for the first time, some are coming back. But if you can, just re let's repeat these, these words after me. I'm going to say a prayer, and this prayer is a prayer that gives you a chance to confess the belief in Jesus. And there's still a journey after it, but this prayer will ignite the life of God in your heart. It will renew your mind. It'll wash your life. That's how powerful confessing the Lordship of Jesus and asking for forgiveness is. It'll make you brand new. So with faith, I'm going to ask for all of us. Let's say this prayer together. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day forgive me of my sins 
and make me a new person in Christ. Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's all say amen. Let's offer up a sound of thanksgiving, of faith, of praise. Lord, we love you. Thank you for increasing our faith. Thank you for helping us to live a life on purpose, a life by faith in your son, Jesus. If you said yes to the Lord, congratulations. If you need prayer for anything, we have people that are here to take your request. They won't keep you long, but they just want to bless you. So if you're stressed out about something, we pray a prayer of peace. If you are sick in your body, we'll pray a prayer of healing. If you need encouragement, we'll pray a prayer of courage and grace. So please come. Don't be shy. We also have next steps that starts in a couple of minutes. I'll be up there. I'm going to share the vision of the church, give you a chance to ask some questions and hear about what we do. I would love for you to come up. And then you can also text the word BELONG to 77411. And if you text that word, we'll connect with you that way. And uh, it works. We'll connect with you. You'll hear from us. Uh, but I love you. Thanks for being here. Have a great rest of your day. And I want to pray a blessing real fast. Father, we thank you. I pray a blessing. I pray your spirit. I pray your grace and mercy over every person who's here. Protect us as we go throughout the day and throughout the work week, Lord, and help us to be a blessing to other people. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great rest of the day, guys.